just go to him prayer right now. You got a need, lift it to him. Say here, don't pass me by, Lord. I need you to speak to me. I need you to reveal yourself. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Father, may as we bow our heads today and we reflect on our needs, Lord. We reflect on then how great a God that there is that can supply every need. And so we're looking to you, Lord. We're looking to you to move in this service. To anoint the lips of man to speak as an oracle of God. Lord, I can do nothing without you. I know that. I'm depending on your anointing. I'm depending on your presence. The angel of God just to come real among us today. The angels to line come by every seat. Walk down every aisle, deal with every heart. Lord, may we be conscious today of your presence. That we would be like Jacob was when he saw the ladder come down from heaven and angels ascended and descended. And he said, surely God is in this place. May it be, Lord, the same today that the angels of God just come down through the way made at Calvary and ascend and descend upon the Son of Man, upon Christ in bright form that is working in this day. May he just manifest his glory. May he just speak his word, Lord. Lord, just minister as a, to, to us today. There are needs, Lord. There are the lost, there are the, the dying, there are the sick, the afflicted, there are the needy, Lord, not only here but across this land. Lord, there are those that are at this moment that are dying with COVID and we, we hear of the different ones, Lord, that, that is there and the doctors have done all they can do. They can't breathe. Lord, we... We realize, Father, that it's going to take a miracle. But you're that kind of God. And we commission, Lord, the angels of God to go by the bedsides of the sick. Those that are in the hospital. Our brother Kenneth that's in the hospital. May he be visited by the angel of the Lord. And the pillar of fire just hover over him and bring healing in the name of Jesus. These others, Lord, that are in need, oh God. As we said, some gasp in their last breath. God have mercy. Lord, we get news, oh God, of little churches that the pastor has now died. And Lord, there, there's situations that are there. And Lord, we can't answer them all, but you can. You send laborers into the harvest, for the harvest is ready. And laborers are few. But Lord, send them, Father. Send us today as a messenger as we go through across the lands, across the airways, across the, the, the video stream, into little places, into homes, and little churches, places in different faraway countries. And they see, oh God, the Holy Spirit moving. Lord, may then, oh God, faith just rises that draws that angel right into their presence. And brings healing and deliverance for them too, Lord. They're your people. For you got a bride around the world. 
not just one here in this assembly, but around the world, and bless your bride. Lord, we hear of things happening. We hear of, we hear of wonderful testimonies of cancers healed and delivered and, and other churches and places where you have moved and you've done miraculous works. Lord, oh God, we thank you, Father, that it's not just right here in our little corner, but you care about your people everywhere because that gives us confidence that it's not just us in your favor, but you have everybody, your whole bride in your favor. May, oh God, today they receive from you. Oh God, may faith just break out and dawn in, in their lives and hearts to believe the word of promise for themselves. And as people sit in this church today, I pray the angel of God will visit them, each one, going by every pew, quickening the words. I think it was like with Ruth, where you commissioned the angels, as Boaz did his servants, commissioned his servants, drop a few handfuls on purpose. Lord, may it be today that you, the Lord of the harvest, commission your angels just to drop handfuls. Let me just see a spark from one place to the other where revelation comes in the hearts and things change lives and the dynamics of the Holy Ghost flow through this building, making the car move down to healing and deliverance and salvation and see ever needs supply. We give ourselves to you now, Father. I'm yours. I can do nothing without you. I'm just looking to find that vein of anointing, Lord, and to step in it. Lord, that I can speak as an oracle of God, that you just use my voice today to minister to a need, to speak to a heart, to reveal the thoughts and intents of the heart. Ever need supply, we pray in Jesus' name as we wait on you. Amen and amen. Let's just praise him for doing it already. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for doing it. Thank you for your working among us. Thank you that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you that you're alive among your people. Amen. That you're here in your church this morning. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 1. If you look into the Word of God with me this morning, it's wonderful we can start with His Word. And we can read the prophecy concerning ourselves. Amen. And then walk into the vision. Amen. I believe we're people of the book, don't you? Amen. Amen. That's what we've been speaking on, the people of the book. And we're looking right here at the Abraham Accords that was given here to Abraham, who is the father of our faith. And the faith of Abraham is in every child of God because we are the seed of Abraham through Jesus Christ the royal seed of Abraham. And God would take the natural seed here to do, do a great work in order that he might prophesy and foretell of what he would do in his bride coming in this last day. Genesis 18, verse 1, and the Lord. Did you notice capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D? This is no common angel. This is God himself. And he's making an appearing unto Abraham. And we're Abraham's seed. And we're here in his, the time of his appearing. 
Amen. He's appeared to you and to you and to you and to you. You know when he appeared to you. You heard the song this morning. You know, if, you know, if I shout, you don't know why I'm shouting. It's because he's appeared to me. He changed my life. Amen. He made me a new creation in Christ. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre in the, as he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes, and lo, three men stood by him, and he saw them, and he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself to the ground. And he was no Trinitarian, for he said, My Lord, if I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. And it didn't matter how many manifestations he had seen God in whether it had been as Melchizedek or Elohim or Jehovah or as um, El Shaddai, what manifestation God revealed himself. And each one of these was a revelation of himself. You know, El Shaddai, the breasted God, the need supplier, the almighty. Amen. Amen. And so here he is, comes as Elohim. And he, he, here he's standing now in human flesh that he is wrapped around himself for visitation. Amen. Amen. And remember, angels are visiting the earth right now. Amen. And to reveal, to reveal himself, he will wrap himself in human flesh, in your flesh and my flesh, because that's where the angel of God is being revealed, is in his people. And he says, let a... Um, verse 3, my Lord, if I've found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. How many feels that way today? Lord, if I've found favor, amen, if, if I've got grace in your eyes, don't pass me by. Come and abide with me. Amen. And I will fetch a morsel of bread. Or verse 4, and let a little water, I pray you be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourself from under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that, ye shall pass home. And therefore, are you come to your servant? And they said, so do, as thou hast said. And the Abraham hastened unto the tent unto Sarah, and said, make ready. Quickly, three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran to the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it to a young man and hastened to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah was old and well stricken and aged. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? 
Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to be speaking today on the angel's visitation. And I, I, as we start in this service here today, of course, we are living in a great hour, a great time of, um, of great trouble upon the earth. We are living in a time where the, in the political arena in our United States of America that our freedoms are quickly being taken away from us as we see the, according to Revelation 13, the, the, the beast that rose up like a lamb has now begun to speak like a dragon. Amen. So we're living in some very peculiar times, it's troublesome hours, and I just, I, I, as I'm thinking of this, I wanted to share with you something that Brother Branham preached called Watchman, What of the Night. He said, oh, my friends, listen to thus saith the Lord. If you consider me to be a servant, it's just before the break of day. And that's why this horrible gloom is over the earth. It's just before the coming of the Lord Jesus. There's no more hope left in nothing but his coming. Nations are against nations. And they have fooled through God's laboratory till they got power to blow one another into atomic ashes. And they're wicked and they're unreligious and they're unchristlike. And the only motive they have and objective is to destroy. And they are inspired, I want you to listen to these words. They are inspired by the destroying angel that was sent from heaven to inspire these men. Let me say in the name of the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit was has sent as a watchman on the tower. And the people cry, what of the night? And he says, are you weary of this life? Are you weary of sin? Are you weary of funeral possessions? And um, sickness and ungodliness in, on every hand. Has the night been long and weary? What of the night, watchman? And he said, the morning cometh. See, the comfort and the night is coming also. So we're in a time when the night is coming and, you know, it's, it's dark. And the watchman says, the night cometh, but also the morning. So just remember that no matter what we see going wrong, that we know the morning's coming. As I was there this week and looking over the waters and looking and watching the sun to rise. And I saw, you know, as it were, the sun as it broke over the horizon. There, and, and watching first um, the morning star as it came out to herald the coming of the day. And that's what God sent in this day was a messenger to herald the coming of the Lord. And actually, you too are a herald of his coming because we are announcing the approaching day. That's why we are of a different people. We are a different race. We are of a different culture. 
We're not, we're not just uh, Americans living here. We're more than that. We're, we're sons and daughters of God. And we're getting ready for another kingdom to come. And there is a kingdom that is now approaching. And as it does, you know, the, the, the darkness comes before the day. But as it does, the herald of the morning comes out. And it begins to announce the coming of the day. So, you know, though that we see, you know, and we're so weary of funeral processions. And we're so weary because the night has been long. And we're so weary because of sin and, and sickness and ungodliness. And I can hear some of you moan, you know, sometimes, oh, that it can just all be over with. You know, they, they, I'm so sick of this COVID or so sick of these diseases or so sick of cancer uh, coming against God's people and, and sickness on every hand and, and, and things that are rising that there's no cure for. When the night has been long and it's weary. Oh, but the morning cometh. It's not going to remain nighttime all the time. We're about to see the dawning of a new day. And I, I hear Brother Branham say, and he said, now friends, there's no matter how much you pray, how much you pray for wars to cease. Just remember, this is coming from, this coming from me. If you believe me to tell you the truth, it won't do any good. We're at the end of the road. And God said that the world would get in this condition, so we are, we're here. It's a signpost. And when you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your head, your redemption draweth nigh. Oh, my. Now, of course, this is, this how, is what God does. Is always before that. He, he sends destruction or an angel of destruction. And just, just let me tell you, just as sure as I'm standing in this pulpit, there is an angel of destruction that is already being felt. It's an angel of death. And it's already struck churches. And it's already struck homes. It's already struck societies. It's already struck America. Do whatever you want to to try to revive her. You can't revive her. Are you with me? You can, you can, you know, join any kind of political system that you, that you want to join with or whatever. You will never change her. You can go demonstrate in Washington. It won't do any good. Whatever you want to do, it, it, there, there's no turning around because an angel of destruction America, as we know it, is being destroyed. Amen. Our the, the religious values that we've stood upon is being undermined. The whole thing is coming to an end, and it won't get any better. You, you're, you know, we, we cry and we say, well, the crooked voting machines and, you know, the crooked elections and, and all of this. And, 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 you know, you'd have to be a foolish Foolish, uh, almost an idiot to believe it wasn't. Let me just say it that way. Amen. Or brainwashed by listening to the news. Liberal agenda. Are you with me? Amen. Because we know. But I mean, it was that way. It was that way when the first Catholic president came in. And the prophet of God told you they, they rigged the machines to get this to happen. 
and we come right back in and it's rigged again. So there's no, no, nothing you can do to turn things around. There's no hope for it. There's only one thing that you can hope for, and that's the morning coming. On that bright and cloudless morning, when the dead in Christ shall rise. So there is an angel of destruction, but before that happens, he sends an angel of mercy. And I want you to know the angel of mercy is still here. He's still among his people. And this is what we were seeing, that just before Sodom was burned, here God with an angel of mercy would come and visit Abraham. Amen. Now, the angel of the Lord preaches righteousness and repentance and the coming of the Lord and, and showing signs. And all of this is to get us to believe. Let me just share this one little quotation as we go a little further into this. And this is from will the church go through the tribulation. And the church will, but the bride won't. So I want you to notice this. Because we have to cross, cut short here on account of the prayer line. Do you notice what the angel said? I can't do nothing until you come hither. What was it? Was a message of deliverance. One before one speck of fire could fall from heaven, Lot had to get out of Sodom. And before one drop of rain fell from the earth, uh, from, from upon the earth from heaven, Noah went into the ark. And before the atom bomb can strike this nation, the church will go into rapture to meet the Lord Jesus. And if the spudniks and the missiles are set and the hammers are pulled back and the angels are all standing in order, hallelujah. He says the great quarters of heaven is crowded full. The harps are all in tune. The great bands are already practiced up. There is a home time coming pretty soon for the church of the living God who's been waiting for his coming. Everything's in order. I'm so glad he said I'm so tired and all for that great hour, you know, to think we've had a part in this junction time and to remember so shall it be in the coming of the son of man when the son of man is revealed from heaven now remember for the rain fell noah's in the ark for the fire fell lot was out of sodom for the angel said i can do nothing to you come hither i've got the lever in my hand to pull and make the fires fall from heaven and i think that's exactly the the angel of destruction is holding the hand of russia with the atomic bombs until the church comes together as one great big body of Christ. And I can do nothing till you come hither. Oh, if that isn't a blessed assurance, if we see everything set in order, the going home of the church is in order. Here is the angel of God with the same message, performing the same signs, the same wonders. Everything is set in order. Hallelujah. Can you imagine? I can only think of him coming like Isaac getting restless, waiting for the caravan, looking, scanning every day, making a move toward the well. Come on. For the meeting in the air. Because we don't meet him in the heavens. We meet him between the heavens and the earth. Just like Isaac met the Rebecca, not at the tent, but in, at the well. Yeah, right. And we're about ready to make a move. Yeah. 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 
Do you know what that means? That means the Easter, the resurrection of all God's children is hanging low now and it's pressing on. Amen. The angels are coming down. The Holy Spirit is moving. And the darkness is taking its last toll for the light will soon be here. Christ will come and the joy and the hope of, of all the ages, a real resurrection for all believers. For we will share with him in his resurrection as we have shared with him in his suffering. Last Sunday we were preaching on who hath believed. Are you a believer? Amen. Well, that's who he appears to. Those who believe the report, to them the arm of the Lord is revealed. Amen. We spoke of how the angel of the Lord accompanies this message. And, and I just want to remind you as we're talking about it, and the reason I am even bringing some of these things out, I want you to remember that God doesn't forget his promise. Are you, are you with me? He doesn't forget his promise. So therefore, the very angel that brought us a message is that very angel of the Lord that is here to see it through. He hasn't forgot us. He hasn't forgot his promise. As, As he said to Sarah, I will return according to the time of life. There is a return of the angel and you should be under expectation. Amen. We received a report that as a brother and his wife listened to the service, they saw the angel of the Lord come in their home. And I tell you, I'll just say this. You need to live in a condition where the angel can appear to you. Or he's welcome in your home. Sister Eileen Waldner told me of a testimony of seeing the pillar of fire where the angel of the Lord brought healing to her house. And let me tell you, maybe you don't always see him because, you know, he can, he, 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 to see him is never with these naked eyes. It's with a, it's with a spiritual eye that you see him. Amen. Amen. Because he is invisible to the eye. The flesh, as we'll get into the service in a little bit, the flesh actually, this flesh actually blinds us from his presence. Amen. But you, you, neither do you feel him so much with your, with your flesh. You feel him with your spirit when he comes and passes by. The, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is, is like a wind. He didn't say it was a wind. He said it was like a wind. It moves in. And you can tell by things that it does that he was there. You know, you never see the wind. You just see the trees moving back and say, well, I see the wind that's blowing. No, you don't see the wind blowing. You see the reaction of the, of the, the foliage to the wind. So you don't actually see the wind. But when the Holy Spirit begins to move and healings begin to happen or people begin to rejoice in the word or amens and hallelujahs begin to come forth, it's the angel of God coming down and touching lives. And you see the effects of them. The sister Eileen, you know, her son David was born with a tear duct that was not complete. And we all know Sister Waldner, Brother Joe's sister Waldner, that's Brother Joe's sister Kathy Morgan's brother, and that's uh, Sister Anita's mom and dad. And her, her son David was born with a tear duct that was not complete. The tear duct was there, but wouldn't drain the fluids. 
And every morning his eye was completely covered with a green gummy substance that would glue his eye shut. And that eye appeared to be weak and a little smaller than the other. And she would have to wash the eye out every day and throughout the day, all through the day. And in a prayer service, a prophecy had went forth. You still believe in prophecy, don't you? That said in three days you'll see the glory of God. And the presence of God went home with them. Now that's what we want to happen. You just don't want to have the presence of God felt in a meeting. You want to take it home with you. Amen. And the presence of God went, home, went with them as they went home and they went to bed that night. And she was just still basking in the presence of the Lord. And she said, Lord, you feel so near to me. I feel like I could just reach out and touch you. And, and immediately speaking those words, she saw a yellowish green light coming through the room and hover over her face. It was like a living thing. It, was, it quivered and and felt warm on her skin. It felt like a gentle caress. And, you know, just was warm and beautiful and comforting. Yet it carried with it an awesome presence. And in this experience, she began to speak in other known tongues and, or in unknown tongues. And, and immediately, she, she prophesied. Actually, what it was is that light was now speaking using her vocal cords. Amen. Are you with me? The light was used in her body to speak audible words. And he says, he says, you are my child. Haven't I called you? Have not I said to you, I will never leave you or forsake you, but be with you even in you to the end? Because of your faith, I will do it quickly, even now. And at that moment, the light left and went right over to the baby crib. And he, the child let out a scream and was completely healed. Now, I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. You get ready to see more and more of the angel of the Lord. And especially as the pillar of fire moves around us because he is here to confirm the message. Now, you know, Brother Branham had things to say about that. And he says, if you want the angels to appear to you, keep your mind on God. That's your war, your battle right now in this service. Don't think the devil ain't here. He's here to distract you, pull your mind here, pull it there. Think about the laundry, the bills that need to be paid, the things you're going to do next week, whatever else. I'm not going to ask for hands, but you've already left this building several times today, going here and there. I want you to focus. These are important times. Amen. He says, if you want angels to appear to you, Keep your mind on God and, the, and off the things of the world. Go about your dishes or your business. Go to your church. Go to, go to washing your dishes or whatever you're doing. But keep your mind on him all day, all night long. Then God will do something. You're drawing close to him. You've got to keep the world shut out, just you and he together. Amen. And you see, you talk about running around with the world and flirt with the world and then expect to see angels. And have miracles done, that's out of God's program. You must live right. Clean up the house. 
Clean up your habits. Amen. Clean up the things of the world. Get rid of your cards. That's a little old-fashioned now. Get rid of some of these old video games and stuff that you got your mind wrapped into. You got men that can't even be, can't even work, can't even communicate with their family. You got women that's so tied to social things. That's right. And they're too busy. Their mind's on them. I'll tell you what, since the first of the year, I've had a, I've had a lot more peace. You know what I did? I just took a fast. I hadn't looked at news. Even when going down the road, you know, I don't turn on the radio. Even I don't even listen to Enlighten on the, on the radio for the, for, the, for the gospel music. I said, I can sing to the Lord myself. Amen. And you know, I don't need social media to keep up with everybody else's business. I need to focus in on why I'm here. Some of you need to get rid of your television. Amen. If I wasn't strong enough to pick it up and throw it and throw it, throw it outside, I'd just unplug it. Listen how I said it. Unplug it. Get me a pair of pliers and cut the cord on it. Don't do it the other way. <laughs> Something called shock. But anyway, you know, you, you must live right. Clean up the house. Clean up your habits. Clean up the things of the world. Get rid of your cards, your worldly association. Come on now. You already know Facebook is programming your mind. You know they are. Only, only they're, they're putting things on there only that they want you to believe. So instead of Facebook, Face the book. Start facing the book. Start looking at the prophecy. Start looking at what the word of God said of you. I'll tell you, you'll have a happier home. You know why? Because you won't be over there envying what somebody else has got. You won't be over there looking and saying, well, I wish I had a husband like that or a wife like this or a car like that or, or uh, you know, they didn't give me that for my birthday. I don't know why I'm here. But I, I know why I'm here because I want angels to visit us. Amen. Get rid of your worldly association. Get ready and then the angel of God can speak and say, fear not. It is I. And then things take place. Oh. When a message, when an angel comes, he's got a message for you. And the Holy Spirit, God's angel is here with a message for every believer. Keep your mind on him. Keep thinking about him. How lovely he is. How sweet he is. Of his promises. If you're sick, get this on your mind. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes I was healed. Keep your mind centered like that. Something will happen to you. If you want the honor of an angel visiting your home, have your home ready to visit. 
prepared and ready under the blood of the Lamb. The angel of the Lord comes to such places. Notice you can't walk with the world and expect God to walk with you. Angels won't visit you or nothing else but the world because you can't mix God and the world together. They will not mix. God's holy, holy and separated from the world. And the only thing he will ever see you is through the, when he looks through the blood. Amen. Amen. Now, when God visits the earth by an angel and announces something by angel, he has something great he's going to say. He's got a message. And God has sent something great. And he announced it by an angel sent from the presence of God to show us once again that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're here in the Holy Ghost dispensation. And this will continue on right into the end because this is, um, this is the apostolic age. And, and it, it will continue on, Brother Bradham says, by the administration of angels to the church. Amen. Truly, they are ordained spirits of God sent from God to carry out things. And, and uh, every man was a, a special calling back to the age, ages. Angels has visited men. And he said it'll, it, won't, it won't speak of some kind of mythical something that no one understands. It'll speak of Jesus Christ. It'll testify of Jesus Christ. And it'll produce Jesus Christ Amen. to the world. What a privilege. Yet we live in a day that's the most anti-Christ age ever. Anti-anointing. Days of miracles have passed. No such thing as the Holy Ghost. Divine healing isn't for us anymore. No such thing as visit of angels. No such things as miracles. And of course, when you explain all the supernatural away from the Bible, you take God right out of church. Amen. Amen. You do it by your traditions. Amen. And traditions, of course, you know, are the substitutes for the word of God. Well, God spoke to a prophet, to an angel, but he won't speak to you to a, by an angel. Oh, yes, he will. Amen. Amen. He absolutely will. You see, what it is, is that our Christ is coming king. And Satan is doing everything that he can to throw dirt on his name. To keep you from believing. And, and you know, there, it's like when, when Jesus... Um, or excuse me, when David was a fugitive from his throne and, and um, was being uh, chased by Absalom and had to gather with his generals there to, to fight that great fight, there was a man came out and began to spit on him. And I want you to remember that this is the hour that we're living in. Christ has been rejected from the church. And men and women are spitting upon him. And as they, as they do, you know, they're, they're spitting and they're saying, well, you're just a bunch of holy rollers, just shouting you have, this, this rejoicing, or like little Drew was doing, running around and around, because, you know, that was his way of shouting. Amen. Mine, you know, it, it's the heart of a child. Amen. But you see, again, they throw the dirt on it and said, there's nothing to this divine healing. There's no such thing as angels. There's no such things as prophets. The days of miracles are past. 
What are they doing? They're just throwing dirt on his name. But I'll tell you what, when he comes back, them little dirt throwers are going to be weeping and wailing and gnashing their teeth. And we're living in the hour where he's coming back. Amen. Now, a time where we're looking in the prophecy, God come down walking among men, revealing himself, discerning the thoughts of Sarah in the tent behind him. All of these things using the dust of a man. And of course, as we've explained, he could not use man in that fullness where he could step into at that time because there was no blood that could take away sin. But after Calvary, now God uses men that he steps down into and he will use those men that he will speak through. And of course, this is... This is what we are, uh, know that is happening in our age. It's the same pillar of fire that led Israel. Because when Jesus left from here, he said, I came from God and I go back to God. So he returned to a pillar of fire that he had descended from. Now, Paul saw him on the road to Damascus and he said, that bright light, he said, I am Jesus. So now we know that Jesus is not going to come here in a, in a physical form, in a nail-scarred body, but he will come in the power of the Holy Ghost, the pillar of fire, and every one of you who have been born again by the Spirit of God have received a portion of that fire. Amen. So he's dwelling in your body to use your flesh. To give a message to this world too that he lives. In fact, you're the greatest sign that this world is ever going to receive. In fact, shall I say that the bride of Christ is the last sign. And when he removes this sign, then judgment is to to come. Now, he said of angels... Are they not ministered spirits sent forth to minister for them that shall be heirs of salvation? So I want you to notice this scripture is so true. That's Hebrews 1.14. Angels are ministering spirits to those that are heirs of salvation. So if we're heirs of salvation, we're going to be recipients of ministering spirits, which are angels Because they come to those who are the heirs of salvation. The people of the book are going to hear from ministering spirits. Angels have received angelic visitations. Now, I want you to remember that when the angel appeared to Brother Branham, it was for a specific reason. It was not just to uh, to start a divine healing movement and and many, many people be healed. But that was just to... That was just to attract the attention in order to get the people ready for a message. So he could prove that the angel of the Lord was there. And the angel of the Lord had a message. We'll speak more about that message as we go along. Things that were revealed personally by the angel of the Lord to us. Because we have a message that was administered by an angel. As I say, this sets us apart 
from all the other denominations, even, even from, bring, uh, from, from uh, Joseph Smith and the Mormons. It sets us apart from the Mormons. He had an angel, but it wasn't according to the word. This was a scriptural angel who revealed to us not a new book, but the Bible and made it a new book. And the reason it made the Bible a new book is because we quit looking through the lenses of the, of the theologians and begin to see it through the eyes of an angel. Now, so this, this angel of God sent from Jesus Christ is to testify that the last days are here. That's why he came. He's letting you know you're in the last days, little children. Now, he gave a message, as Brother Bradham said. He said to me, this message will go around the world and will start a revival. Don't, don't let that pass over your head. It would start a revival. So if you're sitting dead in your sins or dead in your pew or dead in your churches and lifeless with no God there, you miss the message. Go back and hear it again. Amen, because this message, was, he said he'd send me this message would go around the world and start a revival. Amen. You ought to begin with saying to God today, start that revival right here. Let me be the revival. Let me not just talk about a revival. Let me be that revival. And so much that I become a messenger of this revival. And this revival would sweep around the world and it'd be just before the coming of Christ the second time. And I hear the scoffers saying, but oh, that was 75 years ago that he said this. And he ain't come yet. And you're a skeptic and an unbeliever. And you're blind because he has come. He come with a shout and a prophet and brought a message. The word coming to a prophet. That's his coming. It takes flesh then in bride form. So the true bride is his coming. Are you with me? Amen. Because he comes before he, we meet him in the air and the groom coming. He has to be here on the earth in bride coming. So we're right here in the very middle of the coming of the Lord. Don't go to sleep in this hour. Amen. But become a part of that coming. Remember, the blessings from the angel is dependent on your faith in the report. You must believe the report. You must believe, you must believe and be able to see. And many people can say, yeah, he was in God's prophet. Hey, we got, we, we got a personality cult. Right. Where, where, where they, they worship the personality of William Branham. Make him infallible, make him a God, make him, you know, all, all kinds of things. Are you with me? It's a personality cult. They think that's all the message was. God sent in a prophet. It was a part of the message. 
It was a part of his coming. It was a phase of his coming. But it's not all of his coming. He's got to come in you and you and you and you and you and you. The word has to become flesh. A bride has to materialize on the earth for there can be a rapture. You can't rapture nothing. You've got to have a people for his namesake. A people whose hearts turn back to faith again. A people who believe again. The whole thing was dependent on if you can get people to believe. Not even the angel can help you if you don't believe. There was a woman given a message and she refused to believe it. She was told, don't look back. And the angel couldn't help her when she didn't listen. She turned to a pillar of salt. Amen. And she became a part. She became a part of the, of the ashes and the salt and the burning and the brimstone of Sodom. Now, I don't want to be a part of the brimstone of Sodom. Amen. I want to be one of those that stays with Abraham. Amen. That the angel of God comes to and Sarah brings forth that promised son. The church brings forth that promised son. Now, again, Brother Branham was told over again, if you can get the people to believe you, then nothing will stand before your prayer. Anything can happen. If you can get the people to believe you. The rapture will take place if you can get people to believe. Your heart has got to be turned. Are you with me? And he says, now, not believe me as him, but believe, believe that he sent me to help you. I'm just his voice. Amen. I'm just his voice by vision, by looking at, just like looking at anything you see, now you believe it. So he says, now, I'm just his voice. That's all I am. I'm his voice. I'm the voice that the angel is using. And you've got to believe me. Like I said, this man would be different from others. There was others with gifts. There was old Robert said, I've got the power of God in my right hand, which God's power don't dwell in anybody's hand. But nevertheless, he had a, he had a gift of healing and people were healed. There was Jack Coe, a man with blind faith. Amen. But many were healed and delivered. Are you with me? Amen. But this man, William Branham, was different from all the others because he was the voice of an angel. Now, not in everything, because he was still human. He was still a man. He'd still have human thoughts. He could still have human assumptions. He could be presumptuous and presume things. He understood some things as a man and would misunderstand things. But when the angel wanted to speak, he would use his vocal cords. It was a message administered by an angel. 
He said, he said in the South African testimony, he said, the angel of the Lord said, not believe me as him, believe, but believe me that he sent me. And then he says, now to you who believe the angel of God who has been sent to help me, to help you to believe Jesus Christ. Now, this is exactly what the whole message was about, to get you to believe in again, to believe Jesus Christ. Someone say, oh, we're just going to go back um, and we're going to just leave the message and we're just going to go because we're just going to believe in Jesus. No, you won't. You'll believe in the Jesus of Methodist or Baptist or Pentecostal, but you won't believe in the Jesus of this Bible. Because this Jesus of the Bible would come in the pillar of fire and he would identify a message. So, well, we'll just take the Bible. No, you won't. You'll take your interpretation of the Bible. You say, well, you, you follow William Branham and his interpretation. No, we don't. We follow what the angel of God told William Branham. It's a message administered by an angel that come from the scripture. Are you with me? If you can get me, get the people to believe you, not believe me as a man, but believe the message that I'm telling you. You see, like Sarah, she believed everything that Abraham reported. She even believed what he told, what the angel of God told Hagar. You know, the, the first time, the first time that the angel of God appears is to Hagar. That's the first time the, the word angels mentioned in the Bible is to Hagar. And the, and the angel goes and, and, and says to Hagar, you know, this is the first time that she's been thrown out of the camp and, and has ran because of Sarah's persecution. And, and she's up in the bushes crying and God, the angel of the Lord appears to her and said, go back and be subject to Sarah. Because the child in your womb will be a great nation. Is that right? Amen. So, you know, but remember, it was to Abraham's camp that the angel was appearing. And like Sarah, she believed everything that Abraham reported about the angel of the Lord. She believed that he had heard that voice there in the earth of the Chaldeans and, and that, that told him to, to, to walk before me and be thou perfect. She believed about him being um, there and revealing himself as as um, Jehovah, um, uh, Jehovah um, there on the, uh, at the altar and all the things, that, the very events that happened and how that he revealed to Abraham how to offer a lamb and how to give a blood sacrifice and all the things that he taught Abraham to do. She believed all of that. She believed that Abraham was going to have a child. Come on. Amen. She believed it, but it wasn't personal. And you can believe about Jesus. And you can even believe he was virgin born. Oh, how can I even believe this? You know, that he, that he can be virgin born, but I believe it. You can believe. You can believe that God sent a prophet. You can believe it was visited by an angel. You can believe that the miracles were real. But it's got to become personal to you. purpose of the coming of the angel was to make God personal 
to us. A personal God. I know your address. I know where you live. I know where, I know where your location is. It's 17,500 Highway 371, Minden, Louisiana. Amen. I can tell your address. Come on, somebody. Your name. Your condition. What the doctor said. Amen. Everything else. What was it to make us aware of a supernatural gospel that this God is a God who knows every detail of our life. And this is a God who even hears you when you pray. When you were praying there, you prayed such and such and such. And God has answered your prayer. God hears. Amen. Somebody mentioned it the other day, but a little sister there was dying and they'd give, the doctors had given her up. And even Brother Branham told her to get ready to die. I said, look like it's going, you're going to die. You know, just get ready for it. And he said that this little lady was there and some women had come in, nurses and so on, to help with situations and maybe made to clean the house and some of them was talking, I don't believe in that Billy Branham. I don't believe that an angel of God come by his way. I don't believe none of that stuff. I don't believe none of it. And that little sister raised up. You remember her name? Maybe it was Miss Weaver. But anyway, she, she raised up. She raised up and she said, oh, yes, son, but I've been there. I've seen the Holy Spirit move. I've seen it discern hearts. I've seen it heal. And I believe that angel. Amen. And a vision breaks over to Brother Branham and said, go tell her I heard her. I heard her when she stood up for the message. When she stood for the truth, I heard her and what she said. And because of that, I'm sent of the healing right her way. And the woman was healed of her cancer and death left her body because the angel heard. That's why, that's why Hagar, you know, would, would name one of the places there, the Lord sees and hears. That was the purpose of the coming of the angel of God to make God personal, to make us aware of a supernatural gospel. Look, you're a people that whether you like it or not, you're different from any other race of people. I'm talking about just a natural people here on earth. You're different from those that were 100 years ago. You believe in a world that they didn't know anything about. You go, you walk right over there to a wall and plug in a, in a, a vacuum cleaner or, or some other kind of instrument. You walk right over there and you expect it to run and to turn on and a power to come into that thing by plugging into that power. You live in a realm that they knew little or nothing about. Amen. Maybe 150 years ago, but they didn't know. You live in a, it's an invisible realm. You can't even see it. Like I said, you can feel it. It'll shock you. You live in a realm where that 
You, you know, you, you have moved into a time that was once a Dick Tracy um, uh, fantasy. Man, where you get messages on your watch. Where that you can speak into your watch and it goes across the world. Where you got a little device in your hand and you can be in real time around the world. You're, you're, you're people that, that's not natural. That was natural back then. This is not natural. This is supernatural. But if man has broken to realms that has made in the invisible realm, that right now my voice, my image, goes in real time over into Africa, down into India, over into Japan, over anywhere around the world, in, in, in milliseconds time, to where that it's in real time. That they're watching this, you know, right there, just as you're hearing it, they're hearing it. And it's a world that has been previously unknown to man, but now known to man. I'm going to ask you a stupid question. How many believes that's real? Every one of you believe that's real. You know it's real. You know now that's a real dimension. That's a real world. And those men that understand it, you say, wow. Right? Those men who can figure it out and how it works and, you know, how this, and, and, and knows how to troubleshoot it. You say, wow. It's a world that has been made real to you. But in the same age, God has used a man to bring the invisible realm of the supernatural right here and opened up a world to us that was previously unknown to the church that hadn't been known about for hundreds of years, thousands of years. Amen. To where we're walking, where the apostles trod, where angels appearing, ascending, descending, visions break, healings take place. Amen. Voices speaking. Listen, I know I was there. Some of you, you you know, some some of you say, "Well, I I don't know about all this." I I say, "I was there." I was there. I, I sat there, you know, in a pew, watched Brother Bradham preach, watched him discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart, and I knew it was somebody besides William Branham there. Amen. I didn't see an angel. I didn't see a light. But I knew he was telling things that only God knew. And he was bringing God present to me. Now, so you see, the very purpose of the coming of the angel was to make us cognate, to make us realize and aware of a supernatural gospel. Yeah, now, Brother Branham would say about it, he says, now, I'm just his voice. 
I, I, I could share with you a quotation where he would say, you know, I have prayed and prayed and asked for uh, healing and, and, and waited for visions for, for little Edith Wright. And she sat in a wheelchair and she suffered. And I've seen God heal her and heal her of, of sicknesses and, 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 and things. But she still sat right there in that wheelchair. He said, now, if I had anything to do with it, I would heal her. But I don't have anything to do with this. You say, well, why, why would God do that? I don't understand that God. Well, I'll just tell you this much. His ways is past finding out. And if he would explain it to you, it'd probably go over your little pea brain head anyway. One day when you become immortal, we'll understand things better by and by. The wise and the warfarers. Right now, we just walk by faith. Lord, you hold it all in your hand. You know what's best for me. And he, Brother Branham said, in Anointed Ones at the End Time, he said, you might have thought today I was trying to say something about myself, that I was packing this message, being I was packing this message. I have no more to do with it than nothing, no more than just a voice. And my voice, listen to this, even against my better judgment, I want to be a trapper. In other words, even against what he wanted to do. And he says, but it's the will of my father that I declare to do and determine to do. I wasn't the one that appeared that day that down on the river. I was only standing there when he appeared. I'm not the one that performs these things and foretells these things that happens just as perfect as they are. I'm just the one that's near when he does it. Some people want to come along and discredit the message. Say, well, when he was standing there that day and he was, he was there on the Ohio River, it was his voice that said, ask John the Baptist. Well, what if it was? That's the way God does. When he prophesied through Sister Eileen a while ago, we were talking about that was the angel's voice. Angel using her voice. Any time a prophecy comes and saying, thus saith the Lord, it's God using a voice. Amen. Amen. So what if it was? I don't say it was. I say what if it was? It don't discredit nothing. Because why? I know this man was the angel's voice. Amen. And he said, it wasn't me. He said, I was only the voice that I'm only the one near when he does it. I was, I was only a voice he used to say it. I'm not the one who tells these things and foretells these things that happen as perfect as they are. He says, it wasn't me what I knew. It's just what I surrendered myself to. That he spoke to. It isn't me. It wasn't the seventh angel. Oh, no. It's the manifestation of the Son of Man. It wasn't the angel. His message. It was the mystery of God that unfolded. It's not a man. It's God. The angel was not the Son of Man. He was a messenger from the Son of Man. The Son of Man is Christ. And he's the one you're feeding on. You're not feeding on a man. His words will fail but you're feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. That's the personality I'm following. Now, 
there was a great pool of Bethesda. This great pool was a place where maybe hundreds, if not thousands, gathered. They were waiting for the waters to be troubled. Ever so often, we are not told how it was that in the season, the angel of God would come and trouble the water. Now, when that, when that would happen, the, the pool could not say, look what a great water I am. Of all the waters, I'm the greatest. You see, because the water had nothing to do with it. It was the angel of God that came down upon the water. And when the angel left, it was just water again. I remember the same thing with Brother Branham. You know, when the angel of God came down, it was the voice of God to you. He said, now, if I offended you by saying that, forgive me, but I felt it might have been resented, but I am God's voice to you. You say, I say that again, and that time was under inspiration. I felt about it the first time, but it repeated it. Now, he said, I can't, I can say nothing in myself, but when he, what he shows me, I say it, and you believe it, and watch what happens. See? And he says, now, he's here at the platform, it's true. I don't know how to make you believe it, but it's true. And if you'll not look at the man, your brother, but if you'll look to what I'm speaking about, the Lord Jesus his, and his healing angel at the platform. You believe God has angels of healings commissioned? What was on the brass serpent then? You think a piece of brass could heal you from a serpent bite? It was the angel of God. Amen. That, was, that caused him to look at that brass serpent, which meant sin was judged. Brass being a color of judgment. And he says, he says um, again, what was the water on the pool of Bethesda if it wasn't an angel that came from heaven? See, I'm not God's gift. The angel is God's gift. And it came out of heaven. I come from the earth. And he come from heaven down to shroud or enclose an earthly vessel to speak to an earthly people that you would believe on him, not on me, but on him of what I'm talking about. And by doing so, God will heal you. And that's the whole thing. This is the whole point of deliverance is when you believe on what the angel said. Now, even they testified, never done did that angel ever speak. But what had happened? Never time did he ever miss. It wasn't 90%. It wasn't 99%. It was every time. Why? Because it was God. It was Jesus Christ, the pillar of fire, speaking. And he would use a human vessel to speak. I see a doctor. He's a big man. He's got tortoiseshell glasses like. He's, he said that your cancer is incurable. I see you've had one, two, three, four, five operations. This is where you live. This is your address. You're healed. You know why? Because all of a sudden, somebody's faith got lifted up to realize this man don't know all of this. So there has to be an unseen presence that knows my life. And if he knows my life, 
I know he's real. And he's healed me. Now, Brother Branham likened that same thing. Now, listen, you're not a prophet. Maybe you're not gifted in the same way. But he likened it to when you get lost in the spirit. He said, when you're praising God, it's your voice. And when you get lost in the spirit, praising God, see what I mean? And if I would, you try to use one speck of my own thoughts, it'd be wrong. I must have been fully on the Holy Spirit, on the angel of God. Therefore, I can only speak as he speaks, and he can only speak as you believe it. Amen. Come on. And he equates it as when you're praising God, and you get lost in the spirit, and begin, things just begin to flow out of your mouth. Amen. He said, it's the Holy Spirit taking your voice. Amen. It happens when you preach. Maybe you had never preached, but I have. And when the anointing comes and it begins to strike, you begin to say things you never thought of saying. Revelations even come. Amen. As it just begins to flow from the Holy Ghost, God begins to take over your, your vocal cords. And it'll even discern hearts. It'll say things to you that, that only, listen, and confirm the word to you. Amen. Confirm the word. Are you with you? Amen. It can happen there just in a little consultation, sitting with a, a young lady, and there words just come out that confirms to her the very thing. That has been told to her already. I believe there's a church that can praise God, get lost in the spirit, become the voice of the angel. Come on, church. This, this man was different from Oral Roberts, different from Jack Cole. Because every service, the angel came. And he would say, I can do nothing till he comes. You know I'm waiting on something. You can tell I'm stalling here. I'm waiting on him to come. Here he is. I can't know none of you. How could I do anything? I can't. It's him. And I can't do it even when he comes unless your faith operates it. It isn't me. I can't see vision unless your faith that does it. See, somebody's got to believe the report. He said, God's will by divine gift. Only thing that I, I do is just keep yielding myself. And as I get myself completely yielded to the Holy Spirit, then he starts talking. It's not me. He's using my voice, but it's not me. It's him. Now, you know, again, this, this was true. Even to John on the Isle of Patmos. There, the, an angel came to John and revealed to John things that must sure, shortly come to pass. Amen. Amen. Do you know why? Because John had a Holy Spirit-filled heart. Amen. Now, let me break something to you. And Brother Brandon said, angelic beings associate together. Amen. So if you've got a Holy Spirit heart, come on. Then the Holy Spirit, the angel of God, can reveal himself to you. He can reveal healing, deliverance. He 
can reveal to you amen, situations in your life and tell you exactly what to do. Amen. Because the angelic beings associate together. He can come and appear in a church service. Hallelujah. And faith come out heart. Somebody believe the report. And somebody heal. Jump out of their pew. Run around the building. Healed by the glory of God. Why? Because angelic beings associate together. I mean, he's got the Holy Spirit today. You are a welcome place for angels to associate with. You don't need Facebook. If you got the Holy Spirit in you, then you're a candidate for association with the unseen world and the supernatural. No wonder people can't believe in those things. They never come in contact. They have got nothing in here to believe with. But when the Holy Spirit comes into the heart quickly, he becomes a twofold being. Can you think of that? A twofold being. One of the earth to die. That's his flesh. And one of heaven to live. That's why we can say, I can't die. Amen. The body might can, but I can't. Amen, because the moment that I pass this veil, I'll be right in the realms of the supernatural. As I tell many of them that are crossing over and I'm stood by their bedside, you know, in a little bit, you're, you know, it's going to get dark around you and then you'll see a light. Just head toward the light. And as you walk in that light, it'll just get brighter and brighter and you'll open up until where it's full light full daylight, and the next thing you'll see is a panoramic, a wide open field just full of light and beautiful things and people running to you. Saying, my precious brother, I'm so glad you're here, my precious sister. In his body, he's still subject to death, but in his soul, he's passed from death to life. In his body, he has earthly contact. With his five senses. In his spirit, he has contact with God through the Holy Ghost. And the angels of God visits them. And the angel of God, angels of God visits them and speaks with them. And they are messengers. What? Then you become a messenger. That's why Brother Brandon was a messenger. You know, there are angelic messengers from heaven. But then when they come to you, then you become an earthly messenger. Do you know every son and daughter of God is a messenger of God? Just as much as that angel stood there in front of Abraham wrapped in human, come on, human body. That he had spoke out from the dust and whipped together there with the 16 elements or whatever it was and rolled it together and then stepped into a man and here come the angels and they stepped into what he created. Come on. And three men, when they got in their body, they got hungry. Amen. They appeared to Abraham for a little visitation. Amen. Because they've got to enlighten Abraham. They're going to enlighten him about the end time. Sodom is going to burn. But, uh, but will you save a church out of that? What about my loved ones that are out there? What about that lot? 
Oh, they don't believe exactly what we believe. And they went down to Sodom. But oh, if I can find, I will not leave one righteous one there. I'll pull your loved ones out. Even though they gotta go through the tribulation, I'm not leaving my hook behind. But for you, Abraham, I'm going to reveal to you the mysteries. I'm going to change your body. Amen. You're going to bring forth the promised son. Oh, you've had churches before. You've had an Hagar that gave forth the son. He was not the heir of the promise. In Abraham, in Isaac, shall my seed be called. Because he was the child of the promise. We've had movements come up and movements come up and little Ishmael movements and, you know, Hagar gives birth and, you know, denominations gives birth to another wild man, another Ishmaelite who won't be subject to the word. Yet God uses them for a time. Yet there's a purpose for them. Is somebody with me? Amen. But finally, the child of the promise comes. And I don't care how barren this church has been, how long she's been barren. Amen. How old she is, how long it's all dried up, how long it's been since the Spirit moved. It doesn't really matter how old she is. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? He'll come, amen, in his power and his glory to start awakening faith in that seed of Abraham, Sarah, suffering for the child. He's going to bring forth the promised son. But I'm changing her. I'm causing her to believe first. Yeah, she's believed what Abraham said. Yes, she believed it was for Abraham. Yeah, Jesus can do anything. But now she's starting to believe. All things are possible to them that believe. Notice. He's in contact with his five senses. In his spirit, he has contact with God through the Holy Ghost. The angels of God visits them, speaks with them. They're messengers sent from God to reveal and to bring messages from God to the individual. He's out to get the first things out first. Notice, you've got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You've got to live. I want to just kind of put this to you. You've got to live where you're conscious of the unseen world. Right. Amen. Amen. So you, you, you realize, you know, that, that somebody can live that way. Amen. Just like we live today with a cell phone and we're conscious of another world. Right. And we're conscious I can contact anywhere around the globe in just, uh, just milliseconds. Amen. The unseen world. Through the unseen world. Now, but we're conscious right now. Amen. This message makes us conscious of another world. Amen. Amen. That when you walk out here and you get in your car, angels take position beside you. Amen. When you walk through that toward that man that's kind of unlovely and not a nice person, the Holy Spirit standing right above you and angels all around you. The Bible said the angels of God encamp about those. Amen. Amen. They don't go back to heaven. 
Amen. They camp right there. Amen. Amen. You're worried. You're, you're worried because uh, uh, the, the, the enemy is out to get you. You're worried because uh, unscrupulous, unrighteous men trying to take even the little pennies that you got here on the earth through some lawsuits. Let me tell you, there's angels all around you. You're not in this by yourself. You're not alone. You're not going, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Hallelujah. I'm comforted by your rod and your staff because it keeps guiding me. Well, I would get over this way to the edge or that way. He pushes me this way and he pushes me that way. Angels all around me keeping me from harm. They don't go back to heaven, they camp there. They're sent on missions to watch you through life's journey. Why can't you see them? You veil. You have something called the veil of the flesh. Now, Adam was made with an immortal body. He could see, he could see the angelic presence. He could see the, the pillar of fire as he come down to kiss him goodnight and say, did my children have a good day today in Eden? He could see God face to face. But when sin entered in and he turned from immortal to mortal, then this supernatural world became blocked off to him. No longer could he control the earth by the supernatural. He would have to do it by the sweat of the brow. And, and so what keeps us from seeing God face to face in this church this morning is the veil. Right. It keeps us from seeing angels in their position. Right. And when angels are there standing by their seats, Amen. by your seat. Right. If you could just see in the, in the supernatural realm, there are, as I said, there are angels there dropping to you handfuls on purpose. Ministering angels, ministering spirits, lifting up your spirit, causing you to, you know, lift up that heavy depression off of you, causing you to believe. Amen. And then it's there, but it's the veil. This flesh is what keeps us from seeing him. And we're, you know, we're sons and daughters of God. We're in the presence of God. The angels are camped about us. And they, they, I said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Is that right? Uh, Listen, church, this is what he said. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's his promise. Do you believe that? Let me look here for a scripture just for a moment. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm almost positive I know where I'm at here, but hang on just for a minute. Yeah. All right. We know Hebrews 13.8. Let's look at Hebrews 13.5. Let the way you live be without covetousness. That's what it means, conversation. Let the way you live be without covetousness. You know, quit desiring to be, have all the luxuries of Laodicea. Amen. And be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, 
nor forsake thee. Amen. So that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what men shall do to me. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Next verse. Amen. Remember them which have the rule over you that have spoken to you the word of God whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation the way they live. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what does he say? I won't leave you. You know, that's a mistaken thing that people think, you know, yes, you can be in a justified condition, grieve his Holy Spirit away. You know, you can you know, pick up things that doesn't belong to you, steal, or do things wrong, or in a sanctified condition. But once he fills you with the Holy Ghost, he seals you to the day of redemption. He does not come and go. He does not get grieved away from you. He is always there. I will never leave you or forsake you. Hallelujah. I'll be there with you all the way to the end. But it's our flesh that keeps us out of his presence. Amen. Remember the boy the servant with Elijah, or Elisha rather, when, he, when they were all surrounded by the, by the Syrians right. down in Samaria. And, you know, the, the young, young servant looked out and said, man, all I can see is the Syrians all around. We're, we're, there's no way out. That may be the way you see it this morning. You see yourself surrounded. Amen. Amen. But I may feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on. Come on. I may feel like I'm surrounded. I may feel like there's devils everywhere. I may feel like I'm in Satan's even in the last, the worst age that there ever was. I may feel surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I just need my eyes open to see that he's here. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Never forget. And the veil dropped off of the old boy's eyes. He saw horses of fire and chariots of fire. See, the veil dropped. Amen. The veil keeps us from doing what we really want to do. You battle it out with your old flesh. God came in veil in the veil of flesh, and there Calvary rent the veil in two, and God became God again. And he raised up from that veil that he'd hid himself in. Somebody with me? Amen. And remember, remember that day, whenever it'll be. We don't know when it'll be. But at the coming of the Lord Jesus. Now his coming might be today for you. He may not wait till we all go. He may come for you today before you get out of this building. Or as you're driving down the road. You don't know when he's coming. But he's coming. Amen. And at the coming of Jesus, the Lord Jesus, the veil will be dropped. 
Amen. And, and you, you will walk and talk with him, your Lord and Savior. And then, you know, there, when he takes the throne of David, we'll live for him forever in a perfected veil. Hallelujah. But this veil has sin in it. Oh, don't ever think that we're perfected. We're perfect in this. Amen. But I tell you what, we do have something going on. We have the Holy Spirit in here that keeps bringing this thing in check. Subject to the word of God. And every time we would do wrong, he brings the word to our remembrance. Brings us to repentance and straightens up our lives. He don't let us live in sin. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Hallelujah. Now the Bible speaks of heavenly places. That's what this is. It's where angels are all around. Where that the presence of God is, it's heavenly places. It's places that you cannot know about till you're born again. Beast nature cannot know about this. Amen. But when you're born again, you're, you become a candidate for association with an unseen world. And angels become visible. They begin to appear to you. Amen. You begin to feel their presence. You know you're cognate. There's something going on here. Amen. You walk into a church like this and you say, this is heavenly places. Amen. It just feels different from anywhere else. And that's the way a church ought to be. It ought to be a place where a sinner comes in and weeps his way to Calvary. It ought to be where the sick comes in and say, there's a living God in this place. And that God can heal all diseases. Because an atmosphere is created by heavenly angels coming in because of the saints of God. And they recognize his presence and become voices of that angel. This is where he speaks of heavenly places. Ephesians 1, 3 is bless us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 2, 6, he's raised us up together, made us to sit together in heavenly places. Amen. Amen. These heavenly places is where angels are. I'm telling you, we're here. Amen. We're here. We're heavenly places. Amen. Where the, where the Spirit of God is ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Come on. The Son of Man's here in bright form. Amen. It's Christ and his people. Christ and his church. Amen. There he is ascending and descending, bringing messages from heaven that is telling you, yes, you can overcome. Yes, you can rise above that. Yes, you can be healed. Yes, you can be saved. Yes, your children will not be lost forever. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because the word of God to you is yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly places. Brother Brennan said, can't you feel that thrill, that heavenly atmosphere around the people now? Angels of God mingling around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Angels are set down their camps along the side of this place. For it's written... 
the angels of God encamp about those. And in that great unseen world that is now around us, stirring our emotions to repentance and to bring evil before our eyes that we have done wrong. In other words, convincing us of sin. You know, that's the work of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will not let you live in sin. It will convince you of sin. It'll tell you that's wrong, where you can turn from it and walk right. It'll put a power in you, an overcoming power. Angels of God in that great unseen world is now around us, stirring our emotions to repentance. Amen. To bring evil before our eyes that we've done wrong with tentative hearts, we surrendered our evil ways, Lord, and asked for divine mercy. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a world right here now in this building are legions of angels. Jesus was cognizant of that. He said, you know, I I could call 12 legions of angels. That's 80,000 angels, and they would all come. And they would be at my bidding. Amen. That was the first of this new race, the head of this new race, the new creation. And every child that is born in that new creation can call legions of angels to come to their side. Amen. To give them strength. In their hour of need. Said if you can just worship God and open our eyes, you'll find God is all around us. There's another world. You don't have to leave very far. It's right with you. It's right around you. Amen. It's more real than these five senses. Amen. You'll find out. You'll find out one day. I mean, you'll find out, you know, what's been around you all the time. Amen. One one day you'll step beyond this veil. Amen. You'll see angels that you never knew was there. You never recognized. You, You thought all this time you were alone. You were never alone. Child, I'll never leave you fighting alone. I'll be with you even in you through the end of the world what he's trying to get down to your heart this morning. Brother Branham said, you know, he said for, for instance, he said there's this other world. He said, now God gave you five senses. And he says, let's say that you didn't get your sense of sight. So you got, you got smell and hearing and, and you know, those things one time sometimes will help compensate and whatever else for them others. And you know, like the blind man that would feel in Brother Brandon's face, oh, you're a young man. You're, you know, this. And he says, you know, but like you didn't get your sense of sight, and then you would bump into things. And as you bumped into them, you, you know, you, you know, you, you, have some ideas you feel around of what, what it is. And you hear, maybe you never saw, so you hear people saying things, and you just have to have, take their word for it. They say it's blue. You have no conception of blue. 
They say it's green. You don't know what green is. But you learn, well, grass is green, skies are blue, but you don't know it. Somebody told you that. And so, you know, you have these senses that your senses um, can declare, but, you know, you, you don't understand everything. And, and that's kind of the way that it is when you were born into this world. You were born with your sense of faith blinded. And that sense is the sixth sense that, that actually opens up the world of the unseen that you're blind to. And you don't understand it now because you're bumping into it. Amen. Because you don't have that sense. You, you can say, I feel a strange feeling like somebody, like a blind man. He can't see the light of day. He can't tell darkness from light. He can look straight into the sun and there is absolutely no light rays that gives him any, any sight whatsoever. He's blind. But he can walk out into that sunlight and all of a sudden he feels something warm. Are you with me? Amen. He feels something warm and, and he says, uh, I just walked out into the sunlight. The sun is shining here. Now he's never seen the sun. He don't know what light is, but he's heard about it. Amen. Now he can feel it, but he can't tell its full dimensions. And you don't understand it all yet either. Come on now. Amen. But because you're bumping into it. You, you haven't got that sense. You can say, I feel a strange feeling in this place. Amen. I just want to cry or shout or something. It's the angels of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It is just as real as that sunlight is to that blind man. I feel something. There's something going on in this place. It's the angel of God passing by. Let me reach out and touch him. Hallelujah. Amen. We're sitting here in heavenly places because the Holy Spirit is here now. Christ is here. Amen. And when, when we step out of this body, we'll step into a body, go into another dimension, uh, leaving this physical body, going right into a body, amen, that has full sight. Brother Brandon said they could, we could see things there that, 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 you, that you can't see with the natural eye. He said that we knew things, they knew things there that we didn't know here. Amen. Because he said, if people could get an idea of it, he said, right now, angels are walking up and down these aisles of Christ, the Son of God, moving around to this building. You are in his presence. Angels all around me to keep me from harm. Angels all around me. I feel no alarm. Amen. Angels all around me. Amen. We're in the atmosphere of angels. We're in the atmosphere where all things are possible to them that believe. We're in the atmosphere where a message can come from glory and stir our soul and change our lives. An unseen world is greater than anything you can see. Amen. Brother Brandon said in this room right now, this building are evil spirits and war. 
war. He said the angels of God are encamped about and Christians are anointed and, and, and trying to energize them with faith. Amen. And I'm here standing just yielding myself and the Holy Spirit's moving. This is what you call heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But remember, Satan's always skeptic. Amen. You know he always does that. Somebody with a skeptic idea, when they do that, he's just trying to interfere. But he said, Christians always overcome. Hallelujah. You overcame your unbelief to receive Christ. You overcome unbelief to receive healing. Amen. You overcome unbelief to receive the message from God. Satan's always skeptic. Amen. So there's an atmosphere of which we can live in forever. This humble feeling. Angels walking up and down the aisles all around these posts. Round in this tent on the outside, angels of God are moving. Their great wings spread. And this is what you, makes you feel that way. You don't feel like this all the time. You don't see nothing. But you're different from what you were when you walked in a while ago. I feel it. I'm conscious of it. Amen. Remember what it was. It was it's Jesus here in the form of the pillar of fire. The angel of the covenant. He can't come in the body. The fleshly body that was glorified of Jesus Christ. It sits there on the throne of grace. Let me tell you, around the world, it's a throne of mercy. Amen. It's a throne of grace and mercy. You say mercy's over. It is for you because you believe that. Amen. But it's not for us because we don't believe that. Amen. Because we believe we got mercy. Because we believe we got grace. Hallelujah, because we believe that sinners can weep the way to Calvary. Because we believe that mercy can be found at the altar and people receive the Holy Ghost. Because we believe that. Hallelujah, that in this building is angels of mercy. Bring mercy to the lost, mercy to the sick, mercy to the depressed, mercy. Hallelujah. What form is Jesus in among us now? A light. The same pillar of fire that he was at the beginning. Amen. He's here with us. But I want you to know in these heavenly places. Oh, I don't know. I'm on overtime gear right now. Amen. I'm in overtime gear. Hang on just a minute. He hasn't said quit yet. Amen. I just preach till he says quit. Amen. Heavenly places is where spiritual warfare, where spiritual warfares take place. Amen. Even right now, you are in a warfare. Amen. You feel the tug of the Holy Spirit, the tug of the enemy, the tug of the Holy Spirit, and the tug of the enemy. It depends on which one you're going to believe. You yield to the Holy Ghost. The Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. That's where we're at. When you have this, there's a war starts happening. Amen. Brother Branham said if the angel of the Lord will come near, then the angel of sickness 
that is would be on you, he'll go to pulling. Do you realize if you could just open your eyes, you could see that ain't God that gave you that sickness. That sickness is not from the Lord. It's a tormentor from the pits of hell. And the church has been given the power to cast it out. In my name, they shall cast it out devils. Amen. They will heal the sick. Come on now. That's the word. The angel of the Lord will come near. Then the angel of sickness, which would be on you, he'll go to pull it. And he said, the angel of the Lord is near. Now there's both powers. And they're fighting once against the other. And it depends on our faith. Now that sickness, whatever you have, if that's pulling on you, it's going to try to put everything in your mind to keep you from believing that this is the truth. And this which is coming now and me speaking to you is trying to get you to believe that it's the truth. Come on now. Amen. You got these over here, this liberal out. He's blasting with your ears with all of the social media and all the news this way. And God's got some good news over on this side. And he's blowing back this way. Hallelujah. He says, I raise men up and I put man down. All powers of God are ordained of God. There ain't a president can get in office unless it God ordained him to be there. And there ain't enough devils and there ain't even enough conservatives. There ain't enough this or that one that can keep the evil man from coming in that's got to do his deed. God's word said, a vision said, We'd have a woman vice president. She'd be president or vice president. Vice president or president. Or it could be a Catholic church. And it is. Mr. Biden's Catholic. And then here's her. And she's a vice president. And they're not intending on him living through. Did you hear me? I said they are not intending on him living through. We're here. We're in the vision. We are in the vision. Before before that the wrath strikes the earth. There's a bride in the vision. Hallelujah. Come on. We've already been seen in the vision. Brother Brandon would say, I saw a preview of the bride. She was walking sweetly in tune. And my own work, Christian soldier. You remember, it's never backward. It's always forward. Onward, onward. Keep going onward. Don't turn around. Don't turn back. Keep going on, Sarah. Keep walking in the vision. You're going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Ain't nothing out of order. It's the light pressing back the darkness, and the dark is getting darker, but the light is getting brighter. Amen. And I say to you, children of the king, amen, move toward that light. Keep moving toward that light. It'll break into a perfect day.
of that sickness, whatever you have, if that's pulling on you, it's going to try to put everything in your mind to keep from you to believing that this is the truth. And this which is coming out in me speaking to you is trying to get you to believe that it's the truth. Now here's the warfare. If you believe it, then this year the Holy Spirit would pronounce the blessing and Satan has to leave. Oh, hallelujah. I remember when he pronounced the blessing on my life and I changed from darkness to light. I remember as a sick boy, he healed me and he pronounced the blessing on my life. Oh, I know he's pronounced a blessing on this church with victory after victory. It'll be a series of victories. Hallelujah, what you've seen is minor to what's coming. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of the Lord. Why don't you just praise him a minute? Just give him thanks just a minute. Glorify his name. The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. Let your breath blow across this building, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let the angel take your voice right now. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 Let you be seated a minute now. Hallelujah. How many can say, Lord, I believe? Forgive me of my unbelief. Help me to believe with all my heart. Brother Branham, in his sermon, he was looked out at an elderly lady that was all crippled up. He said they were, she was the last one of the wheelchairs that had not been emptied out in the building. And she was weeping and crying. She's sitting there uh, night after night, weeping and crying. And he said, I seen what her trouble was and, and what started it. But instead of her accepting enough faith, she would think, oh, I'm too bad. And it would move up again. Now, I want you to notice the angel of the Lord would come, actually come down upon her, produce a vision. But then she would think, Oh, but I'm too bad. Now remember, I told you it's a war. But he's got to get you to believe him. Come on, somebody. Because when you believe, the blessing comes. The healing comes. The deliverance comes. Hallelujah. Amen. She was, you know, she said, I'm too bad. You know, maybe she thought, her case was too difficult. You know, her, her condition was too terrible. She could never walk. She could never get well. 
she can never be whole again. You may be sitting here and the angel of God, but I can never, but I could never, I could never be forgiven. I can never forgive myself. I can never forgive that person. I can never. I got too bad. Amen. I'm, you could be sitting there. I'm unworthy. Maybe that's what she meant. I'm too bad. I'm unworthy. I'm not good enough. Amen. It isn't that at all. It's given on you believing. If we can get you to believe. Hallelujah. Amen. The angel of God would settle down upon her. She would think, oh, I'm too bad. I'm not good enough. What was it? It was pushing the angel back away from her. But in the last moments, after Brother Brandon was through, through with the prayer lines, walking out of the church, amen, there, there he spoke to her two or three times, trying to get her faith up to a level to believe, and she just couldn't get it. She just couldn't get it, but all of a sudden, there she felt something that was real warm and tingling go through her body, and she got up out of her wheelchair and started pushing her wheelchair around the building. It's time you start pushing that cancer. Start pushing that sickness. Start pushing that habit. Raise them out of that and start pushing it. It's pushed me around long enough. I've been pushed around in this old chair long enough, but it's time that I start pushing. It's time a church start pushing back. We're not gonna let the devil have any leeway with us anymore. We're sons and daughters of God. I feel the atmosphere around me. I feel the Holy Ghost in this church, and I feel the people pushing back, pushing back, and pushing back. He said, the angels of God are kept about those that fear. There's a dark shadow between you and, and that angel that wants to help you bring in the message of Christ. That's unbelief. Now, if you can get that unbelief, that dark shadow, you'll see plainly. Then you'll raise and rejoice and go home shouting and praising God. Don't let that shadow stand between you. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't let that shadow stand between you. Oh, no. The promise is mine. Jesus paid for it. Amen. It's just yielding yourself to him and your own faith touches and brings him and brings out whatever God wants to say. It's not me. I'm not a healer. It's God and your individual faith in God. You shut up your compassion and say you don't believe it and nothing will happen. But open your heart and say, God, I'm ready to believe it. Then watch what happened. Brother Branham told us this was a contest. Amen. And there it was like uh, two teams. And there, you know, there, uh, there, there, there's a devil on one end. And there's a fire in between you and you're on the other end of the rope. And he's trying to pull you into the, into the fire. There's a contest, a warfare that is going on. He said, God in the church becomes its strength to pull Satan into his own fires that he has made. And the tongues goes on. And Jesus said in Mark 16, that in my name they shall cast out devils. 
I'm talking about a church that's able to pull Satan right into the fires that he's trying to pull you into. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. There's so many of these things. But let me tell you something, church. What do you think happens when a sinner comes to Christ? There's a war that goes on. He's saying, you know, I can just be a good boy and just keep on. I don't have to surrender to Christ. There's a war going on. And the gospel's going on to say, it's for you, it's for you. Will you believe it? And the devil's sitting there and saying, oh, it's not for you. And nothing ever happened to you. And you went up. And man, God doesn't care for you. And you, you didn't cross the line. And all these other lies that the devil wants to tell. Are you with me? Amen. But you know what happens when a sinner comes to Christ? Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Branham told us, he said, that the devil, Satan goes back with his black flags draping. And he goes back to hell. And he said, I've lost again. I've lost again. I thought I had it. I thought I could hold it. I tell you, we need to make the black flags of Satan great this morning. Let it drag down to the gates of hell. Amen. While the white flags of angels are rejoicing in heaven. Amen. And when the brethren said, even, even the mothers and the daddies that's gone on and are waiting on the other side, they hear the message coming back from the altar. Your child came home. Your child came home. Hallelujah. 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 You remember, you remember Timothy when the devil had to go back like a scalded dog with his black flag draping. I thought I had this boy. I tatted him up. I pulled him down in the world. I made him drink and smoke. I made him carouse around. I made him. I, I thought I could make something out of it. But in one moment, one moment in the presence of the angel. It transformed his life forever. That's what he'll do for you this morning. I tell you, friends, we, we are not just winning a battle. We are winning this war. We are going to win this war. We've had victory, and we've had victory, and we've had victory. But we're going to have more than have just a few victory. We're winning this war. We're winning this war. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because the angels of God encamp about those that fear him and delivers them. Are you ready for your deliverance this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Worship him now. Just worship him. Amen. Let him use your voice right now. Hallelujah. Let the musicians come. Come on. I can't preach anymore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ministered spirits sent from the throne of God, ministering to those that are heirs of salvation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I 
attributes of God, angelic beings, attributes of God. Send forth the minister of the church. Hallelujah. It's the apostolic blessing. Amen. It's a message accompanied by angels. Yield to the Holy Spirit this morning. Let him do that work in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, while the angel is here, I want you to just reach out to him right now. Right now, you out there in real time, wherever you are, delayed time, in the archives for listening to this, it doesn't really matter. It's never too late. He's right here for you. Satan, you've lost. I hear a prophet of God saying there's a church rising and Satan, be careful. And I tell you, you got a reason to be careful. There's some people believing right now that's going to cast you out. You have no more dominion over their lives. You can't hold them any longer. And this bride, she will do exploits because she's called of God to do so. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind every spirit that is working against the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, I send it even to the COVID patients in the hospital gasping their last breath. May that last breath be the breath of the Holy Ghost that enters in them, floods their lungs with healing power. In Jesus' name. May it do the same thing to the church. Amen. May the Holy Spirit do its work right now and bring life into the body. In Jesus' name. Amen.
exalted, Lord. I give you praise. I give you glory. I worship you, Father. There's no one like you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. my desire 